A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So no matter what the conversation's about, it's not for nothing. Hello, I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and welcome to Not For Nothing, the show where I bring you all of the conversations I'm having on a daily basis or the conversations I want to be having. And today, I am here with Ethan again. No surprise there. Hello. It's me again, Margaret. <laughs> Does anybody get that? I don't know that anybody gets I get it. We I get know, it. I know that it's Ray, <laughs> Ray Stevens. It's a Ray Stevens song, because um, my dad used to listen to that all the time in the car when, we were, when I was growing up. Um did you listen to that in the car when you were I've heard home? it once, maybe. So, But my mom says it all the time. Does so, she really? Yeah. So obviously she listened to it yeah. sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that that's funny. Um, today I'm doing, doing something a little different that I wanted to do for a long time. I talked about doing it with my sister. Um, I talked about doing it with other people. And it, it, it just sort of happened to fall that I could do it with you. Because... I have this book that I read recently, and then I passed it along to you, and you read it as well, and oddly enough, for once in our lives, you were just as enamored by this book as I was, and it doesn't seem like the type of book that we would be enamored by, but on the surface, because it's just a fiction book by a queer writer, Um, but when you dig a little deeper, it does make a little bit of sense why we would be enamored by it. Um, so I decided to just do a little bit of a book club today, just kind of test the waters to see if anybody would really enjoy a book club discussion. The The thing about it is though, you and I both have never done book club. Um, so I, you know, I'm testing the waters for book club on my show because I mean, this is my show. This is, my tiny little space of the world where I just discuss whatever I want to discuss. And um, so, of course, when I am faced with doing something for the first time, I look to Oprah to <laughs> guide me. And I pulled up a list of questions that from Oprah Daily, her new subscription uh, service, whatever. I'm not subscribed to it yet, but Oprah, the benevolent queen that she is, gives it to us for free sometimes. And I have questions for that she uses for her book club discussions. And I'm like, well, there you go. Let's do it. Let's do book club. Okay. That's um, exciting. Because I honestly wasn't expecting like a full sort of like with questions discussion. Well, you know, that's the thing. It's it's our show. As Katya and Trixia would say. Trixia. Mm-hmm. Katya Trixia. And Trixie and Katya would say, it's our show. And we, so we talk about whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, we don't have to follow the questions. But anyway, just in case we need them, they're there. Yeah. Uh, but the book that we're discussing is called Less. And it's by Andrew Sean Greer, who is a queer writer. Um, incidentally, he won the Pulitzer Prize for this book in 2018. You and I, I think we were out for a walk during the height of quarantine. Mm-hmm. We were, I think it was, I think this. we were at Chandler boulevard linear park Mm -hmm. here in burbank and there was a free little library there and i found it i just found it in that 
free little library. Is that where that came from? I think so. I wow. didn't pick it up. I didn't buy it. I got it for free out of the free little library. I never know where all the books come from. <sighs> well, so. you know, and I'm, I'm really happy. And, you know, this is a little bit of an inside joke. Still haven't talked about this on the podcast, but I'm very happy that I'm finally diversifying where my books come from. Mm-hmm. Because back in the day, they came from one source and I won't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is, this came from the free little library and I, I don't know, the cover intrigued me. Me too. And I was just like, you know, I didn't know anything about Andrew, Andrew Sean Greer. I didn't know anything about Les. I saw that it had the Pulitzer cause it's the paperback mass, mm-hmm. or it's the paper first paperback edition. So it has the winner of the Pulitzer prize seal on the front. And I saw that and I was like, he's a queer writer and he won the Pulitzer. Let me say this is probably because, and you think about what has won the Pulitzer in the past. Um, it was like I think Edgar Sawtell did. I have that book upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Gone with the Wind won the Pulitzer that year for fiction. You think about these things, what what it means for a fiction to have the Pulitzer. For me, my this is just my assessment. It's beautiful writing, and it's accessible. It's easy to it's easy easily digestible, but it's also a little bit highbrow. And I in would my also opinion. I would also posit that it also speaks to something in the zeitgeist of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I agree with that totally. And there's some passages I'm going to read that prove that mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but yeah, I I picked it up. I read it. I kept reading you passages, and I was like, just read the damn thing mm-hmm. because like I'm going to read you the whole book if we, if you don't agree to read it and you're like no no I've already agreed to read it I want it I mm-hmm. want to I want you to pass it along to me and I can tear through a book and you sometimes don't tear through a book um but I want to talk a little bit about that with the reading because we we have books I have lots and lots and lots of books that are mine but there are some that only interested me but there's a ton of them now that sort of bled over to you took ownership of them as well does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, that's mine too. Like, if it's a book you have no interest in, it's a burden to you. And it's like, that's Kyle's book. That's your book. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of the books that I have that you're like, oh, I'd like to read that. I'd like to read that. And I'm like, okay, these are becoming our books now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is your relationship to reading? So I've always, if a book interests me, I can speed through it. Yeah. How I was, fast did I get through this book? I Two was weeks? very surprised how quickly you read this book because there's books that I've been like, how are you reading this this slow? You can't possibly remember what you read four weeks ago to finish this book. you got to read the book. You can't just pick at it. Uh, but this one you didn't. So How fast was I in this book? It was two weeks, wasn't it? Well, the first week, first two weeks, or the first week, you read a little bit, like, you read at a little pace, but I guess you had a slow day at work, because mm-hmm. you, you have, because um, everybody knows you got 65 jobs, you have your, you see private clients, you uh, work at a big fancy day spa, giving facials, but you also manage another salon yeah. as well, because you have, so you were managing the salon one day, and you always take a book there that day because you're not actually doing the the body work. Yeah, you're, if I have, you're you're running the show. You're making sure yeah. everybody else has got their body work doing their right. thing. If I have a book that I'm reading, so, I will take it with me to the salon because mm-hmm. there'll be you know every hour a good 15, 20 minutes that I'm not yeah. doing anything, so I can sit down so, and, and I'll take it to the spa too because if I have maybe a cancellation or if I'm just a, having a slow day at the spa, mm-hmm. I have an hour or two of nothing going on. 
then I can read as well. Well, and you must have had a slow day at the salon because you kind of got through a big chunk of it. And then the other day, again, at the salon, you had a rainy day because we had a rainy mm-hmm. day here in Los Angeles. And you're like, I finished the book. And I was like, what do you mean you finished the book? I asked you to read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle uh, over the new year last year. And you're like, it took you eight weeks to decide I'm done and I'm not finishing it. Yeah, I wasn't so, going to mention the book by name because I didn't want to make anybody feel bad or anything. Oh, no, no. But- Eckhart Tolle, like, I'll say, like, I don't want to spend too much time on him because that's not the book we're talking about yeah. today. But. I was at the depths of my despair and grief over the Christmas holiday last year. I did not enjoy this book, but reading it and just sort of following it helped me. It guided me through it. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't a beautiful, it wasn't this like uplifting spiritual book. It was like, this is what you do with the thoughts you're having. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Like, and I was lost. I was like, I don't need somebody to tell me. Like I even reached out to Mandy, friend of the show, friend of our lives, Mandy Shannara, who is a writer and published writer and book blogger um, and also entrepreneur of mm-hmm. sorts. Uh, I reached out to her after dad died and I was like, help. I'm lost. I'm in despair. Please recommend books to he- to just tell me how to get through this. And also Kristen, our friend in New York, also friend of the show. She came on the show and talked about grief when her father passed away um, a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. I, she's a book nerd as well so i reached out to her and was like do you do you have any books you read whatever but anyway it was the power of now that helped me and i was like you need to help you need to read this book and you're like no don't so yeah i just and that's what i was gonna say if i'm if i'm enjoying a book i can tear through it mm-hmm. and that's why i was because i look for opportunities in my day to stop and read but and it's always how i've been mm-hmm. um i'm you know that stereotype of a child who my mom would have to come by my bedroom at night and tell me to go to sleep and stop reading and see, I didn't know that about you. Like, I, yeah. and I knew that because you told me, but I've never seen that yeah. in you. And you, I don't know that you'll ever get back to that space Probably now not. because you are, we're in a society where you play Nintendo and you are on your phone and you, you just have other interests. Podcasts. Yeah. So, but something about this book, like that's why it really struck me and it really kind of like gives me, makes me all a Twitter that, uh, it just was picked up off of a free library mm-hmm. here in, in town because this book spoke to me like a book hasn't spoken to me in a long time. Well, and that and that's a perfect segue to get into it. So what are your initial thoughts about Less by Andrew Sean Greer? Well, my first thought when I saw it w- was I saw the cover. And if you're listening now and you don't know what we're talking about, just Google the book, find the cover. It's a man falling down through the sky in a blue suit. I saw the Which co- is very important to the story. I saw the cover and I thought, it looks gay. <laughs> That's what I said too. I was like, this look it does remind me. Based there, on nothing. I was like, it is, looks gay. Um is it a book? Is it called All Gay Men Wear Pink? Is that what it it's is? Something like that, I think. Yeah. I I had it at one point. I think I got rid of it, but it looks similar to that cover, except blue. Everything's kind of blue on the cover. Um and so I was like, okay, it's a gay book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I want to read this? And I'm like, well, this one has uh, the seal of winning the Pulitzer Prize. Mm-hmm. And there, like, there is review after review after review in this cover where everybody was just raving about this. And I forget who it was, but one of the people somewhere said, I recommend this book with my whole self. I think it's further on the front. Oh, yeah, Ann Patchett. And she says, I recommend with my whole heart. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, dang, that that is a that is a 
That is a referral. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So give me your thoughts. What are your thoughts on this book? Well, my initial thoughts, I guess, as I was getting into it, was I just knew right away. I was like, oh, I'm going to tear through this. I'm going to really, really, really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I like the way that it was organized. Um, it is kind of organized into chapters. First of all, major spoiler alert, by the way. Uh, we're going to be talking. You don't think so? We're going to be talking about. <laughs> I guess I just gave you a face. You sure I? did, because you don't think we're going to be like talking about the plot and giving it away? Maybe. Maybe a spoiler. Be on the be on the lookout for spoilers. Minor spoilers. Possibly we major. We're not gonna, we're not going to give away the ending. We're not going to oh, give no. away any. No, 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 no. I don't think there's spoilers because that's the thing about this book. There's really no spoilers. Well, in the sense of unless you just give away the ending. Oh, there's two. There's a few things like. Yeah, I guess not. There's a narrator, and the narrator kind of pauses the story. Like it's told from third person, and then he sort of pauses and he's like. And that was when Les met your narrator. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, who's this narrator? We're, I thought we were just a fly on the wall, but this is a... A person in the this story. This is a person in the... Maybe not in the story. I don't know. You don't know in, in the lead up, but he does pause. Okay, so that's a question that. I have for you then. So, when you, the first time you came upon that happening in the, in the story, mm-hmm. of the narrator being like, this is when I first met Les. Yeah. The main character. Did you think... Who is this? Or because I was like, oh, he's in the story. Like I just, knew. I was, I was like, this is weird. Why did he do that? But then later on, he's he tells a full story about how he met Les. Again, not revealing his mm-hmm. his identity. But then eventually, you find out who it is, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And it's a, I mean, it works out. Like there's some loose ends. Like every book has some loose ends. Right. Some books don't tie them up at the end. This one does. So I like that. Um. So yeah, I just knew that I was going to love it. I was going to tear through it, and I really did. Um, the chapters, that's what I was going to say. It's its not super organized in a typical way of like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. It's organized into sections based on where the main character, Arthur Les, mm-hmm. is in the world at any given time. So let's let's break it down. Yeah. So to this is opening the thing. Arthur Les, he's had a troubled love life. Mm-hmm. He's a writer of a certain age. He had a relationship with a much older man. And now he's finding, and that man and he broke up at a, at a certain point, and now he's finding himself to be on the cusp of turning 50. And he's not exactly thrilled with where his life is because he isn't as, isn't as successful a writer as he wanted to be because he ran in some circles where there were some very successful writers. And he had this partner or this little... I don't know, what do you call it? Lover, I guess, for lack of a better term. He had a friend with a capital F. Yeah. And he was kind of like always keeping him at arm's length, but then when he was ready to bring him in, the friend was like, no, thank you, I'm going to marry someone else. But because they all ran in the same circles, he was invited to the wedding, and he just didn't think he could take it. So he had had all these invitations, like he had had an invitation to come teach in a school in Germany for five weeks. He had an invitation to come to a convention in Italy and he had an invitation to speak at a seminar in Mexico and the way to get out of doing the wedding was to accept all of these invitations and this is a trip around the world with a gay man who has for lack of a better term again of a rather large libido if I may (laughs) say um but I love that that wasn't even like a big part of it like it was always alluded that like it was there he did a little this and did a little that, but it was never explicit. So right. I love that. So yeah, I, I was looking at these 
questions. Let's just go through it. What is your favorite part of the book? What's your favorite part of the book? Oh, no. Do you have an answer right away? My favorite part of the book is, I mean, this is just a part. It's not like a section of the book, whatever. My favorite part is the way that that the writer, Andrew Sean Greer, will stop and explain exactly what it feels like to be an aging gay man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, that, you don't read that. And I think that was the parts that led him to winning the Pulitzer. You don't read yeah. that. People don't read that. And I'm going to read a passage soon. Um, but yeah, go ahead. My favorite part, I think, and the part that really stuck out to me and kind of stayed with me after I read it was uh, in the chapter of, or the section of the book that takes place in France. Mm-hmm. Um, Arthur is, has found himself at a party of literati and he's surrounded by all of these other writers and people who he thinks are more successful and more famous than him. Right. And he's kind of surrounded by, in the terms of the people who he's with and like the books that are on the shelf at this place where the party is. Yeah. He's surrounded by all these signs that he doesn't matter as much yeah. in his own mind. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that later. I have some thoughts yeah, about for sure. that kind of stuff. But he finds himself on a balcony with, I think he's Mexican, um, but this man who there's clearly some sparks between them. There's clearly, they're vibing, as the kids say. Did you say Mexican? I think. He was Spanish. Spanish. He was Spanish. Um, And yeah, they've definitely got something going on between the two of them. Yeah, there's a a, a draw, a Mm -hmm. magnetic draw. And it was, and and we've all had that. That's Mm -hmm. why I love that. Especially, I don't know, I mean, I'm assuming in this straight world, whatever, but we've all had that in the gay world where you find yourself around everybody you don't want to talk to. And you see somebody across the room who also doesn't want to talk to any of these people. And it's like the friend, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind right. of thing. And a little bit, you know, so they sort of had that initial spark. Yeah. But so then, then, when, then when they start talking, yeah, there's an actual spark. Mm-hmm. And he does such a good job. Uh, Greer does such a good job of hitting those little nuances that give you the butterflies in those moments. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, their arms are touching. And yeah. They're like actually turning and facing each other and looking each other in the eyes, and it's they they've had several glasses of champagne, and eventually they do kiss. Mm-hmm. And but then Arthur has to leave and go get on a plane. Right. And so he goes to leave, and the whole time he's leaving in his head, he's thinking, "If you'll just ask me to stay, I will." Right. And, and don't tell uh, if they does or he doesn't. Right. Because. But that alludes to other things that right. have happened in his life. Mm-hmm. And I and don't that know, really, that scene really stuck, to struck, me, struck me. And and like, I will say that if you want to read the book first, it's a quick read. If you want to pause here, go read it and then finish listening to this. You're more than welcome to. That was a, that introduced this theme of like, I, and I get this so much that all Arthur Les wanted was someone to ask him to stay anywhere where he was. Okay, anywhere. so what did you take from that? Because that was definitely something I picked up on, too. To me, I, I find that, and, and I'm kind of going through this in my personal life right now, mm-hmm. that all gay men find themselves more in fascinating than anybody else in the world. Yes. And I'm just like, I, you know, you just want that circle of friends who will find you fascinating, but also let you find them fascinating. Yes. And I think that's what Arthur Les really wanted, was somebody to find him fascinating as much as he found them fascinating because he, that's the whole, like some of these stops along the way was he 
was asked to speak because he was in proximity to someone who was fascinating yeah. rather than him being fascinating or a lovely writer or yeah. whatever. There were people wanted to talk about what was it like being in the presence of genius? And it's, and he just really, I mean, he didn't necessarily not, in my opinion, didn't want to be found a genius. He just wanted to be acknowledged for who he was. Mm-hmm. And he was just begging this man to just ask me to stay. Mm-hmm. But in that, in the writing, he, <laughs> there was obstacles. There was all these obstacles as to why this man was never going to ask him to stay possibly. So it's, it's fascinating, right? but it would just felt so real. It did. And that's why for me, something I took from it beyond that, what you were saying is, you know, if you're a person who finds yourself in that situation mm-hmm. and you know what you want, cause that's the thing, Arthur throughout the course of the whole book, he knows what he wants, but he waits for somebody else to give him permission. Yeah. And Who does that sound like to you? Uh huh. And I think that, that, is one of the lessons of the book really is mm-hmm. if you want something, just do it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. don't, don't wait for somebody else to say, Hey, it's okay. I offer you this chance to do was the this. Thing our you favorite want. part. That was your favorite that was part. Favorite part yeah. What is your least favorite? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. That might even be harder. Cause I don't know that I had at least, I guess the beginning. I don't know. Just because, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I have a least favorite. I think my least favorite, and this is sort of weird because I, my favorite kind of writing is when it is all tied up in a nice, neat little bow. Mm-hmm. And this is not one of those things where disaster strikes and this is real life. So you're going to be left in the disaster ruins. It just, it was so real that it didn't, you didn't get the the perfection of being a bird's eye writer. Some birds eye like Sex in the City, they always tied up with a nice little wordplay on the show, you know, type of thing. And and less is or less is a proves that Andrew Sean Greer is very good with words. But he didn't give us that poised, polishedness that you get with other writers like Sex in the City, where it's just like, huh, a callback to the to the title, whatever, you know. He gave us a real glimpse, and that sort of is my favorite, least favorite part in the fact that I was like, I wanted it to be tied up in the end, but I know that it's like, if I were to get that, it would have been like gorging on sugar. Yeah. It would be satisfying in the moment, but it just wouldn't be as fulfilling because this book, the way that it's written, is super fulfilling to me. This is my least favorite. No, I'm sorry. This is my most favorite kind of ending mm-hmm. that, a, that an author can write. It gives you the ending of, it gives you hope for these characters, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily give you the, and they all lived happily ever after. We don't know what happened, but we have a good feeling about it, you know? Right. And that's my f- favorite kind of ending. Well, I would say, I guess, <laughs> did they go to Italy? Yeah, less okay. Italian. That's probably my least favorite part because I don't remember anything about right. Italy. <laughs> well, Italy, it was a quick, it was a quick little turnaround in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, France was really kind of a quick turnaround. But I liked the French part. Yeah. Um, so the next couple of questions, I'll, I'll ra- race through. And what did you think about the writing? Are there any standout sentences? Um, it says, "Did you race to the end, or was it a more of a slow burn? Which sentences, which scene has stuck with you the most?" What did you think of the writing? Are there any standout sentences? Did you reread any passages? If so, which ones? Would you want to read another book by this author? So, 
uh, three, four, five, and six to me just kind of goes all the way to go goes all hand in hand, and we can cover those pretty quickly. Okay. To me, it was a pretty fast pace paced um book mm-hmm. read. It wasn't a slow burn, no. in my opinion. Same. I I feel like it just it I wanted to read more. It and more didn't and more. race. It wasn't like the Da Vinci Code. It happened over twenty four hours, and we have eighty nine chapters, and you got through it in a day at an airport. But because it was lived, it mm-hmm. was a lived space because it was over the course like he spent five weeks in germany he spent a couple of days here a couple of days there uh it was over the course of like six or seven weeks in a sense i guess i don't remember the exact time frame but i know that he did spend five weeks in germany teaching at a school so it wasn't like a 24-hour turnaround but it was pretty i mean the pace was great yeah he he kept the pace i think the chapters a little long because there's only nine chapters in a book that has like over 200 pages. Yeah, so the chapters are a little long, but they didn't feel long. Um, and four, which scenes stuck to, stuck out to you most? What did you think of the writing? Are there any standout sentences? Six, did you reread any passages? If so, which ones? I'm going to pause and read a, ch- a section because this was what, like this was, it gave me chills. It literally gave me chills, this passage. And I read it to you, and I think I would venture to say this was like, oh, I got to read this book. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was for you, too? Yep. Back in his room, he is surprised to find in the Lilliputian bathroom a Brogdingnagian tub. So even though it is 10 o'clock, he runs a bath. As it fills, he looks out at the city. The Empire State Building, 20 blocks down, is echoed below by an Empire Diner with a cardstock sign, Pastrami. From the other window, near Central Park, he sees the signs for the Hotel New Yorker. They are not kidding. No, sir. No more than the New England inns called the Minutemen and the Tricorner are kidding, with their colonial cupolas topped with wrought iron weather vanes, their cannonball pyramids out front, or the main lobster pounds called the Nor'easter, hung with traps and glass buoys are kidding, or the moss-festooned restaurants in Savannah, or the western grizzly dry goods, or the Florida Gator this and Gator that, or even the California Surfboard Sandwiches and Cable Car Cafes and Fog City Inn are kidding. Nobody is kidding. They are dead serious. People think of Americans as easygoing, but in fact, they are all dead serious, especially about their local culture. They name their bars saloons and their shops ye old. They wear the colors of the local high school team, They are famous for their pies, even in New York City. Perhaps less alone is kidding. Here, looking at his clothes, black jeans for New York, khaki for Mexico, blue suit for Italy, down for Germany, linen for India, costume after costume, each one is a joke, and the joke is on him. Less the gentleman, less the author, less the tourist, less the hipster, less the colonialist. Where's the real less? Less the young man terrified of love, the dead serious less of 25 years ago. Well, he has not packed him at all. After all these years, less doesn't even know where he's stored. He turned off the water and gets into the tub. Hot, 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 hot. He steps out, red to his waist, and lets the cold run a little longer. Mist haunts the surface and the reflection of the white tiles, with their single stripe of black. He slips back in, the water only slightly too hot now. His body ripples beneath the reflection. Arthur Less is the first homosexual ever to grow old. That is, at least, how he feels at times like these. 
Here in this tub, he should be 25 or 30, a beautiful young man naked in a bathtub, enjoying the pleasures of life. How dreadful if someone came upon naked less today, pink to his middle, gray to his scalp, like those old double erasers for pencil and ink. He has never seen another gay man age past 50, none except Robert. He met them all at 40 or so, but never saw them make it much beyond. They died of AIDS. That generation. Les's generation often feels like the first to explore the land beyond 50. How are they meant to do it? Do you stay a boy forever? And dye your hair and dye it to stay lean and wear tight shirts and jeans and go out dancing until you drop dead at 80? Or do you do the opposite? Do you forswear all that and let your hair go gray and wear elegant sweaters that cover your belly and smile on past pleasures that will never come again? Do you marry and adopt a child? In a couple, do you each take a lover, like matching nightstands by the bed, so that sex will not vanish entirely? Or do you let sex vanish entirely, as heterosexuals do? Do you experience the relief of letting go of all that vanity, anxiety, desire, and pain? Do you become a Buddhist? One thing you certainly do not do. You do not take on a lover for nine years, thinking it is easy and casual, and once he leaves you, disappear and end up alone in a hotel bathtub, wondering what now. That was probably my favorite passage of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Because that's a concept that straight people don't understand, I think, in a lot of ways, about gay people, that we have a whole generation of us that is not here. Yeah. Because we were forgotten. Because we are in the middle of a pandemic right now that everybody rallied around. Everybody has opinion on it. Everybody wants to weigh in. That, But AIDS was a pandemic that not everybody weighed in on. And not, every, not even the President of the United States gave attention to until it was too late. Until millions were dead. So I, I just think that's very astute writing with that. And that was that was just to me the most beautiful writing, some of the most beautiful writing I've ever read. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that I I wouldn't have to say that that. So you read me two little passages before I was like, okay, I have to read this book, mm-hmm. and that was the second one that you read me, and that was the more sort of serious, yeah. sort of here's the philosophy of this book tied up in a passage for you mm-hmm. kind of moment. But then the first part that you, the first passage that you read me was this thing about when you're visiting New York, there's 8 million people in this, uh, in this city and 1 million of them are going to be mad that they didn't hear from you. And 4 million are going to be mad that you didn't ask them to dinner. And 1 million are going to be mad that you didn't ask to sleep with them while you were there. Right. And that, that was like a funny, a funny passage. Well, and that too is, I think but that's also true. very, that's very gay. Yeah. That was a very gay moment. Cause like, I don't know that. I mean, maybe not, maybe straight people are like, why don't you come and screw me while you were here? Yeah. But definitely every gay person knows that part. Like, why did you not come and get naked with me while you were in town? Yeah. Like, it's like, calm down. But it was just so real. I loved it. And um, on the reverse side of that, they are in your town and they're like, hey, I'm here for the day. Do you want to come get naked? Yeah. And you're like, like, no, I'm at work. I'm at work. <laughs> like, and that was the thing, you know, everywhere you live, it, there's real life happening and yeah. it's just, it's silly. Um, but, but, it, parts, but, but it captured it so yeah. well. The silliness of life, uh-huh. it captured it so well. But for me, I think when I think of the passages that still stick with me the most, mm-hmm. it's, uh, the passages that 
are sort of reminiscing, Arthur reminiscing on his time that he spent with the lover in question. Yeah. Um, because he just, again, his, his imagery, he describes everything so beautifully. And he captures, like, if you've ever found yourself in a similar moment with not even like, you know, uh, a, a lover or anything mm-hmm. or like a casual friend with benefit situation or anything like that, even if it's like somebody who you're really like having feelings for and you share a moment of, you know, you share a, mo- a, a, a beautiful moment with them. Mm-hmm. Everything that he describes in those passages is things that you have felt. Right. You you think about the way that the light comes into the windows and the color of the sheets on the bed and how it feels on your skin and how they look standing up in the room and you're looking over at them and they put on your coat and something just tingles inside of you seeing them wearing your coat and yeah. all of that stuff. That's the parts to me that mm-hmm. really stick out. Some more of the questions would be... Um, would you want to read another book by this author? Yes. Did you read the book? And did reading the book impact your mood? Yes. If yes, how <laughs> so? So yes, I agree. I want to read more from Sean and Andrew Sean Greer. Um, I want to find his other stuff because he's got a few other books mm-hmm. out there. Um, how did you read the book? Did reading the book impact your mood? If yes, how? How so? Uh, if there's one word that I could use to sum up how, in general, reading a book made me feel it was it would it would be i guess thoughtful Mm -hmm. but something deeper than that right it it drummed up some nostalgia in me it made me it inspired my creativity Mm -hmm. uh i'll say for me i saw so much of me in this character and so did i and so i saw let me let me clarify i saw a lot of me mm-hmm. not so much in the character but just in the book i saw yeah. a lot of me in the book this character the way he responds and cowers and gets like whipped up in his own inadequacies sometimes i saw myself mm-hmm. a lot. i saw you in that too i was like this is creepy like to the point where you and i like it was weird honestly because it was like you and i went with michelle and flo friends of the show um, to on vacation to the East Coast, and Michelle's family has a beach house in Delaware, mm-hmm. and we went there, and I got enamored with Delaware. I was like, I've I never, too. I've never been to Delaware. Ha- having been never, to like a beautiful beach town, we were like, oh, we love Delaware. We were like enamored with Delaware, and then I was like, Arthur Les is from Delaware. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is happening in my life? Like, and I I read the book. I took the book too the beach with me for a beach read. Cause I was like, this seems like a beach read. I didn't wind up reading it until yeah. after we get back. But yeah, he was from Delaware and he, his, his mother was a fat, was like a prolific athlete. Athlete. Yeah. My mother was a prolific athlete. My mother was a softball player. Um, and he, and the scene he wrote about picking daisies in the, in the right field. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I did that. Like, it was just, it, it felt so much like me, and I felt so seen. And I and I think that's probably a very common thing. Yeah. In in, in, in people of a certain age, at least. Because I literally did that, too. Right. Literally in my childhood was picking flowers in the, in the right field. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, but having a mother who was prolific athlete, I'm like, not everybody had that. Yeah. I did. Um, and I wonder, and that's one of the questions too, if you could ask the author anything, what would it be? Do you have any questions for Andrew Sean Greer? I guess we won't, you know, I guess we won't, we won't reveal too much, but there's a character in the book named Freddie. Mm-hmm. 
And I guess I would ask him, who was your Freddy? Yeah. Or who is your Freddy? Maybe. And I, I just want to go even a little bit more broad. Like, how much of this is fully autobiographical? I'm sure a lot of it is. It sounds like I it probably wonder. Is. I mean, a lot of, like, well, that's the thing. Stephen King always writes. All of Stephen King's characters are usually in Maine. So, well, where he grew up, you know. Well, to give you an idea, I read somewhere. I thought it was on the book, but it's not. But I read somewhere, maybe it was his Wikipedia, that uh, Andrew Sean Greer spends his time between San Francisco and, like, Tuscany or something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Fancy. Well, no, but that's He's the a thing. fancy man. And Andrew, that sounds to me like he probably lived a lot of this book. Well, you know? and Arthur Less was from Delaware and moved to San Francisco and right. then went all over Europe. So. Right. I mean, it's, it's just interesting. Um, uh, and it says, is this book overrated or underrated? I mean, I would say, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the Pulitzer Prize. I'm sure it has some, you know, I'm sure it has a following a little bit in especially mm-hmm. queer literary circles. It's right. probably about evenly rated, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably about yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think it got a lot of fanfare. It got the Pulitzer Prize. And I think it deserved every bit of the fanfare and the Pulitzer Prize. And I think I... And that leads... But I think more so that speaks to me, one of the questions is, uh, who do you most want to read this book? And for me, it was you. Mm-hmm. And then now, like, I have this paperback copy that we both tore through mm-hmm. i want to because i love a, i love a beautiful book on my shelf to help tell the story of me i believe this this book on the heels of my listeners know that you know dad died yada yada all that stuff i've been through grief this past year this was a this was a stopping point for me this was a this was a a lore, a sort of a rest stop on my journey um and this changed my life a little bit it, it kind of invigorated me and woke me up mm-hmm. to my own career of being a performer being a little bit of a writer for scripts and this and you know writing improv podcasting like it it woke me up a little bit because i see this man who's turning 50 who is just not completely satisfied with where he is and i'm like the only way i'll not be satisfied with where i am when i'm 50 is if i didn't try at all right and so i'm like you're 34 start trying bitch Mm -hmm. um so that being said, the person I want to most read this is I want to pass this along to another gay person now. Mm-hmm. Some, one of our gay friends that I'm like, you've got to read this book. Yeah. Or maybe we'll just do the same thing that led us to find it. Maybe we'll just pop it in some free library somewhere and maybe give yeah. it a little blessing. Yeah. Go, go book, go find another mm-hmm. gay boy and make them happy. You know? So, the, okay. So I'm going to skip down to the fiction questions. There's okay. 10 more fiction questions. And I just want to see if there's anything we, um, uh, anything we, need to touch on some of these I don't really care mm-hmm. about so much. Thanks Oprah, but you know, well like question number four of the fiction is guess the character's Zodiac sign. I'm like, mm, I'm not interested. Oh, but see, I think he that's does fun for me. I think he does isn't, talk about his, isn't he a Taurus sign. and you're also a Taurus. I don't know that he, I, I think you're just, I think I thought, I hope he's a Taurus cause oh, I'm okay. a Taurus. I don't know that I was, that he was a Taurus. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Um, how did the setting impact the story? Very much so. Because yeah, that's just kind of like, the point. Just like the point, the the um the passages I read, he was wearing black jeans for New York and mm-hmm. khaki for Mexico, yada yada. Huh, da, 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 da. Did the book feel real to you? Very, yes, very, very real. Well, um, can we back up a little bit? Yeah, sure. Because I just want to touch a little bit more on the did the setting affect the book or whatever that mm-hmm. question was. Again, yes, very much so. To the point where when he was in Germany, his like quote unquote course that he was going to be teaching took place in like. An, uh, a late night club. Yeah. 
and there was dancing and drinking and ha- all that stuff happening. And he asked some woman, he was like, I'm in the wrong place. Like, is this my class? And she was like, oh, yeah, trust me. They'll stop and listen to you. And they yeah. did. Uh-huh. I don't and think I was that was like, his class. I think that was after his class. I think that was the class. <laughs> I think the class was there, but I don't think it was. I think he was in a classroom um, for a sense. But the, he was asked to speak a reading. that night. He was, yeah, doing he a reading. was asked That's to do a reading. Yeah, yeah. No, he wasn't like. That's what it was. It wasn't like he was in some discotheque and, and you know. It was Berlin. Berlin, yeah. That's what it was. He was doing a reading, and he was like, "Is this, nobody's going to stop and listen to a reading?" So this is um, one question. Here is what do you what do you think happens to the characters after the book's official ending? We'll do that off the, off there, right? Because That's, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to spoil that for people yeah. because I do want to talk to you about that. Which characters did you like the best? Which did you like the least? That's a question. Okay, let's see. I mean, I liked. <laughs> It's probably on purpose, but I like most of the characters. The characters I liked the least were probably, I forget his name. There's a lot of characters. Carlos. Carlos. Carlos is the one I didn't like. Well, he turned around for me. That's the thing. See, he no, no I, don't, I don't agree with that. Think, he never turns okay, around. Hang on. He just, I think we need to talk about that off air, too. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a spoiler. But um, another person I didn't... <clears throat> I want to say Leighton, but I don't think that's right. But the, the 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 author who he meets at the party in France, I don't remember his name either. Um, but he kind of pops up a couple of times throughout the book, and he's always very kind of like uppity and snooty. And oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, no, Carlos for me, to at the end of it all, he still is just he's not a villain, but he's still just so self serving. Yes, however, I have something to say to you again off, off the air. Yeah, off the air. Something happened um, toward the very end that I was like, aw, um, with him. And that's that's the thing. Here's another question. The last question I think we'll do. Are there any characters you'd like to deliver a lecture to? If so, who, <laughs> what, and what would you say? Yeah, Les. <laughs> what would you say to Les? The main character. I would just say like, okay, so this I think is a good time for me to bring up some one of the points I was going to bring up, which is I kind of think that Les is more important than he thinks he is. Oh, sure. I think that too. Because through the whole, sorry, through the whole um, story, we're kind of led to believe or at least Arthur believes about himself that he doesn't matter, that he's just like a, a low on the totem pole mm-hmm. writer who nobody really cares about. And it's just because he's got this proximity to greatness that that's the whole reason why anybody cares about him. And yet he's invited to like give lectures in Germany and right. speak in Mexico and speak well, in France and, like and do all these things that don't have anything. Yeah. The first thing that he had to go to in New York was because of his proximity to greatness, mm-hmm. but everything else had nothing to do with that. But I would also say you need to stop accepting, get, accepting things that are given to you because of your proximity yeah. to greatness and just step into your own greatness. Yeah. Stop. Just let it go. Let today be day one of whatever life you want to live and live it. Yeah. And write what you want to write and hustle. And I have to, and this is honestly something that really reminded me of myself in his character, which is, it doesn't, it didn't matter how many people told him he was great or how many people told him he was good looking or charming or Mm -hmm. fun or intelligent. He was like, no. All these people must feel sorry for me. All these people just but want to make me feel good. Kept, he also kept picking younger people who would make him feel older. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, stop doing that. Stop 
putting yourself in a position to be vulnerable with people who don't care that you're being vulnerable with them. Yeah. But also, after a certain point, after enough people in your life, and after life itself enough times tells you that you are great, and you are smart, and you are attractive, mm-hmm. maybe you are, and you should just accept that. You That's know? true. And and at the end of the day, I, Arthur Less is a person I would like to spend some time oh, with. Oh, yeah. I would. Seemed, I could see myself being good friends with him. I could too. I love that. And like. And so by proxy, Andrew Sean Greer, I could see myself being good friends with you too mm-hmm. at your chateau in Tuscany. Hit us up. Hit me up. We're young. We're hip. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for We're, someone who's uh, about 15 years younger than you, here we, here we are. are. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So anything else you want to say about the book <clears throat> before we wrap this up? Well. Uh, there was one other thing that really struck, like, I told you earlier that I took notes. I didn't really take notes. I took one note. What was the note? But the note is, so do you remember when there was a character, again, so many characters, I can't remember most of their names, but there was a character who was talking about going on a road trip with his now ex-husband across the country. Mm-hmm. And he said, we only had two rules. We had to stop anywhere where there was a special and eat the special. Mm-hmm. And... We only slept in motels or something. Like they had, they each had one rule. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, vaguely, yeah. Um, I remember the person who broke up with his husband because he said we were going to go fifteen years or whatever, yeah. and they broke up same, after fifteen years. Same person. Well, uh, oh my god, I love that part. It's so good. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, it was this couple, and they were together. They got together kind of like haphazardly, and again, it was an older and a younger man. But I don't think the age difference was as much as Arthur and his person were. Mm-hmm. But the younger man told him, after 10 years, I'm going to leave you. And the older person said, okay. And then 10 years in, they kind of had a meeting about it. Mm-hmm. And they both were like, we're liking this. Let's keep it going. So they for went, five more years. So they went yeah. for another 10 years. Oh, another 10 years. Yeah. And then at 20 and then years. at 20, they were like, I think that we're done. Was, that was when they were in Morocco. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was in Morocco. In the desert. Yeah, yeah. in the desert. So. And, it's the, and it's that same person. He told the story how they went on a road trip and... Yeah, like one of them had the rule of we have to always eat the special and the other one had a rule like we have to only sleep in motels or it was something like that. Yeah. And I thought, I'm not fun enough. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I never, because we've done road trips like that Uh many times at this point. And I'm always like, it just got my brain turning. And I was like, I never think to do stuff like that. Right. I always just think like. I agree. Let's think of the most logical and the most sensible way to do this and do it. I know. I've been with you for 12 years. I know <laughs> how like, that hmm. is. Um and that and that is something that I wish you could embrace more, but but that's the thing. It's not that I don't want to. I just never think of it. Well, and it was okay. I'll I'll give a little bit of a little bit of an insight on some of our conversation yesterday. We were talking. I said, "If you want to do something, do it." Like, if you wish you could be more that way, just be more that way. Go right. do it. Yeah. Go do it. Like And that's the thing. And that's the thing you don't do. You don't you don't think in terms like that. You think this is who I am. I wish I could be somewhere else. Do something else. I would do think that's Go changed. do it. I do think that's changing though, because I read that in the book. That's the thing. Again, the point I'm the point is it's not that I don't want to do that. It's because it does not occur to me. And when mm. I saw that in the book, I was like, Oh, that's a cool idea. I could yeah. do that. That sounds nice. Yeah. I mean, we could have a lot more fun. 
in life. I, yeah. All of us could mm-hmm. just make more fun yeah. of life. And, and I think that's true. I think especially, again, these past couple of years, uh, a lot of people have really just not so much interested in having fun and they're just trying to like get through the days, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, I think that's human nature. Yeah. And then when somebody is actually out there having fun, people are like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm living my life. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, something that we've talked about. Like I said, I don't want to be looking to the future. I want to be, looking right now and having fun with where we are because you're always looking out to the next thing well and you know now that i think about it i kind of think maybe even unconsciously we have started doing that a little bit more Mm -hmm. lately like you know every week we go on little we go on a date of some kind Mm -hmm. and we've started it's become kind of like a a a tradition for us to find a christmas ornament wherever we go to a new place well whenever we have a new adventure like we don't just go to walmart and be like need a new christmas ornament (laughs) you know right but like a new city or something like a new vacation something like that a vacation or an event a christmas tree ornament Mm -hmm. and you know we like to we've started going to thrift stores a lot because la the land of the thrift stores and it's fabulous yeah i love that and and we found a chair that we loved for seven dollars the other day at a thrift store and i want to go back to that store and Check on that table and mm-hmm. see if it's still there. <laughs> well, the last thing we're going to talk about today, um, we've read a book together, sort of. Um, we have some plans to read other books together. What are you, what are your goals for reading going forward? Well, you know, we had other. We've got a whole laundry list of other books that we want to read well, together. I mean, there's like six or seven. There's not more than just that. No. Oh well. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't. We have a series we want to read together, right? But you know, what What are you thinking of? Well, anyway, I was just going to say we could start cracking into that. You know, other, other things that we wanted to read together, mm-hmm. we can get going on. Um, but like I said, this is the first time in a long time I've enjoyed a book this much. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm over, now that I'm through the book, I find myself missing reading. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I want something else to read now. That's why yesterday I was like, let's go start on that series now because I want to keep reading. Yeah. So... I guess that's it. Just keep going. You know, we've got well, I mean, we've got tons to pick from here. So I yeah, could just do. go to the shelf and pick one off and see what happens. Well, and that's that's the thing that that we everybody in life. You, if you want to do something, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to come natural. And I think a lot of people don't realize that because they had childhoods where everything was set for them. Their life was what it was because they had parents who. We're very articulate about what we do and what we are and who we are. So, and that's what a lot of adults, they have trouble breaking free and saying, this is who I am and this is what I want to do. And this is what I will be because they just do what their parents set them in that trajectory. And they didn't, they don't, they don't turn the rudder on the boat to see where else they can go. Well, I also read this thing on Instagram the other day. It said something like, all my gifted kids who are now adults who crumble at the slightest sign of failure, put your hands up. And I was like, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And me, I was raised in a town called Bug Tussle, and I have trouble with success because... Mm-hmm. Imposter I've, syndrome. I Because I've, I've always had to, to fight for what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I see myself in less mm-hmm. in that way. And yeah, I didn't... Like I said, there was a couple of aspects of his character that I saw myself in, but it was more so I saw myself in the story. Yeah. So, yes, I think this first this first book of our book club was a tremendous success. Right. I would like to add more people. Yeah. Maybe get some more people to rate, rate, rate it rate it with us. 
Well, if you are interested in this book, it is called Less by Andrew Sean Greer. You could probably find it wherever your books are sold or just go to Amazon. I know that that's sad that I'm advertising for them, but where else are you supposed to go? Like, I looked it up on Barnes & Noble. They don't have it. (laughs) So I'm like, where am I supposed to get it? Like, Amazon or Thrift Books or Abe Books. Abe A-B-E, like Abraham. Abe books. I want to go on just a slight little tirade just for two minutes. Mm -hmm. We need to do something about that. About how we're just at a total lack of booksellers, like mass booksellers in this country. Right. Because I follow somebody uh, in the UK who's a skincare professional, and she has a book out, and she just updated the book. Um, And at the end of her like Instagram live she was doing about it, she was saying, you can you can find the book at this store, and this store, and this store, and this store, and Amazon. And I'm like, they have like four or five options for places to go buy books mm-hmm. other than, you know, small independent booksellers, which we all need to support. Support your local booksellers. Right. But well, if you that, were if you wanted to go to like a mass bookstore, they have options. We don't. We have one kind of. Well, and that and that's the thing. Like, I think if I buy this book on Amazon, Andrew Sean Greer will get money for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know how it all works, but I know that like buying it from an actual seller rather than buying it from like thrift books or Abe books, that I'm buying that from someone. Like I didn't I did not contribute to Andrew Sean Greer's success financially. Right. I found this on a free little library. Yeah. I would like to send people to go give him some money for the books that he wrote because mm-hmm. He's fantastic. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if you have a bookseller that you love and you, and they can order it for you and get the money to the publisher who will then trickle down to Andrew Sean Greer, that'd be great. But yeah, go get the book. It's called Less by Andrew Sean Greer, winner of the 2018 Pulitzer Prize. Um, and I can't wait to check out some more of his other stuff. That being said, if you would like to follow Ethan on Instagram, you can follow him at Ethan H. Ham, or you can follow me at Kyle L. Henderson, uh, and you can subscribe and rate this podcast to give us a little boost and let other people know about us. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend. Let them, get, let them come and enjoy the show with you. And also, remember to get your boosters when it's your turn. Wear your mask when you're asked to. Have a lovely Halloween season. And enjoy the holidays. They're coming. Bye. Broad. Brodingnesian tub. Brodingnesian. How do you say that? Where is it? Right there. Oh. It's it's Brodingnesian. Brodingnesian. Yep.